This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not calling for more government spending. Check it out. You've got inflation crushing Americans and Bernie Sanders, the world's richest socialist, calling on the government to print more money and give it away. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. Worth noting that spending money in this moment is exactly what's driving inflation, making this the financial equivalent of throwing a drowning man a sofa. But speaking of underwater, Joe Biden hitting a new low in the polls. Joe Biden saying it's not his fault because he's faced so many unique crises. You know, like when your wife calls an entire ethnic group a breakfast taco or something like that. Get her out. Get her out of here. 888-788-9910 is the phone number. If you want to get her out, leave her in, lock her up. Doesn't matter. Calls, texts, tweets, carrier pigeons, all are welcome. This is an audio safe space for cool people today and every day. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a... That is all. Happy Monday. Uh, If you came out to see me at the Stress Factory over the weekend, thank you. That was amazing. Uh, A special shout-out to Fox News contributor Dr. Nicole Sapphire, who lived up to the campaign promise she made on this show and came down to the club with her squad. It was a hot-happening show, and uh, we had a wild time. So a shout-out to the doc. Shout-out to Vinnie Brand, of course, the legendary owner of the Stress Factory, and, of course, to all the fans who made it and watched me on TV. Uh, We've got more stand-up dates coming up. We're going to be at the Encore on Friday, August the 19th. You can get tickets for that at Ticketmaster.com. Of course, the Encore out there in the Lake of the Ozarks. And uh, I can officially announce... Uh, We will be appearing at the Red Rocks Casino in Las Vegas on Saturday night, November the 5th. That one's down the road a ways. But in the meantime, we're heading back to the Carson City Nugget. Uh, It is Friday, August the 26th. Saturday, August the 27th, we'll be back out in Nevada getting rowdy. So shout out to Dean and Brian and the whole Barnyard Jamboree out there. Uh, Tickets on sale for that now. Go check out the uh, CarsonNugget.com. And we've got other dates coming up in July and August to announce. But right now, I think really quick, the one thing I did want to shout out uh, heading into the weekend was that I won for the first time ever. I won the final exam on the Tucker Carlson show. How about it? Hey, girl, big win, big win for your radio buddy, 
Jimmy Fallon, and I showed off all kinds of stunning intellect in defeating Dagan McDowell. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm-hmm. Okay, I guessed on every question just like she did. Uh, she got one more wrong than I did, and I kind of won in a low-scoring affair. But I'll take the win because essentially I go on Tucker's show to do final exam, and my job is to be the Washington Generals, the team that plays the Harlem Globetrotters and loses in an entertaining fashion every time they take the court. They get hit with a bucket of confetti. They get their pants pulled down. It's all kinds of ridiculous chicanery. But the point is nobody expects the Washington Generals to win, and that's my job. As a comic, because I'm not necessarily showing up to win. I'm just showing up to make some good TV and have a lot of laughs along the way. I make that metaphor, though, because unfortunately our country right now very much seems to be run by the government equivalent of the Washington generals. Tell them like it is. Okay, everybody in Washington is an idiot right now. And I don't take any joy in saying that because you know I root for the country as it goes, we go, and all of that in between. But there's some Bernie Sanders sound over the weekend. It lines up well with some Biden sound. I'm going to play as well. And essentially the argument the Democrats are making now is with inflation hitting a record 40-year high. 40-year high. And any, literally any legitimate human being, obviously any serious economist, traces inflation what? They say the root cause of inflation was Biden's $1.9 trillion American rescue plan you know, something designed to help out in the aftermath of COVID, something that only allocated 9% of its funds to COVID. What a fraud. But bigger than the fraud of piggybacking off of COVID was the fact that we print, printed and spent $1.9 trillion that we didn't have. That is financial lunacy. But to hear Bernie Sanders say it, well, the real problem is, you know, we didn't spend enough. Okay, we're at a 40-year high in inflation. Why not an 80-year high? Why not turn it into Venezuela? Come on! We could be eating our zoo animals for food by the time we're done spending. What the hell is the world coming to? This is bad, but this is it. I'm going to play a clip, and it's Bernie, and he's mad at Joe Manchin because he says Joe Manchin uh, trying to sabotage the the agenda of the Biden administration, the 1%, the rich. You know, Bernie Sanders is loaded. It's a socialist who happens to own three mansions from selling books and making millions of dollars. But he wants you to believe rich people are the problem. This is what he's doing. Oh, no, we got to tax the rich. They're ruining this country. Hold on. I'm online at the bank to deposit another million. This is ridiculous. But here is Bernie saying the problem in America right now is that Joe Manchin didn't lend them spend enough money. It's clip two. Senator Joe Manchin. Of course, abruptly pulled the plug this week on the Democrats. No, Martha, plans you didn't abruptly. Pass. Martha, oh, oh, Martha, okay, let, 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 okay. he abruptly on Friday. He didn't did abruptly that. do anything. He was he negotiating for a while. the president's agenda. Uh, look, if you check the record six months ago, I made it clear that you have people like Manchin, Cinema, Cinema to a lesser degree, who are intentionally sabotaging the president's agenda, what the American people want, what a majority of us in the Democratic caucus what nothing new about this and the problem was that we continue to talk to mention like he was serious he was not shut up will you shut up the problem is we continue to talk to mention like he was serious he was not serious yo joe mansion is the only thing standing between us and venezuela right now in terms of runaway inflation and reckless government spending understand the man for whatever you think of the guy the guy's actually a hero 
Okay, we're at a 40-year high in inflation, having spent $1.9 trillion we didn't have. This plan was going to cost $5 trillion. Okay, two and a half times of what we've already spent. Understand the adverse impact this would have on inflation. But again, the goal here is not your prosperity. It's their political prosperity. They believe in their mind that if they enact any of these green energy plans, any of this pie-in-the-sky climate change garbage, they believe they're changing the world. And you're too stupid to realize it, but you'll thank them in the long run. They're crazy. Oh, they're out of their minds because they don't talk to anybody other than themselves. And that's the problem. Climate change is like the ultimate white privilege. It's, It's just white. I mean, it really is. You've got to be loaded. You've got to be a really rich white liberal elite to have the luxury to care what the weather's going to do in 50 years when most people can't survive today, can't drive to work, can't buy goods if they're even on the shelves. I mean, there's not enough baby formula out there. We're hitting another slowdown there. And what is the oldest cliche in the history of the world? The oldest cliche, oldest joke you've ever heard. Weatherman, that's a good job because you could be wrong 80% of the time and still keep your gig. Got to be a weatherman. And that's the running joke, and it's the oldest joke in the world, is that the weatherman can't accurately predict tomorrow's weather 80% of the time. Yet you want me to believe the weatherman knows what the forecast is going to be 50 years from now? Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. But again, even crazier than believing we know what the weather's going to do in 50 years is believing that we need to spend more money. That's true. That is true. Okay, understand, people are getting annihilated. This is not a, you know, moment where we always joke, you know, the food sucks, I've got it, we'll give them bigger portions. This is not a moment for bigger portions. We could not digest those bigger portions. That's the problem we have in this moment. Jared Bernstein, okay, he's the White House economic advisor, to piggyback off what Bernie said, Want you to remember that gas prices are coming down. You know, you're actually saving a couple of bucks right now. You're not saving a couple of bucks, okay, because it's still $2 higher than it was when the guy took office. You're spending more, okay? But here it is. It's clip three. Inflation, which is unacceptably high, let's get that clear right out of the gate, uh, went up 1.3% in June. Uh, again, an unacceptably high increase. Half of that increase is energy prices alone. Now, since then, the price of gas has come down 50 cents a gallon. There are now 20,000 gas stations across this country where gas is below $4 a gallon. Still too high, but that's moving in the right direction, giving Americans some much-needed breathing room. Come on, don't bullshit me. Okay, gas is down in some places because they repealed the gas tax. But the long-term issue of supply and demand isn't being addressed. That's why he went over to Saudi Arabia, hat in hand, only to get laughed at. They wound up not even discussing, apparently, the idea of boosting production. It was more about fist bumps and coming up with a good bro handshake for when you meet your famous favorite murderous dictator. I mean, it was a bad trip. Biden sucks. It really was a bad trip. You know, in a week when Joe Biden is giving the finger to American energy production, he's extending a hearty welcoming fist bump to a murderous thug dictator in MBS over there in Saudi Arabia. But this is the bigger problem we keep coming back to is nobody wants to speak to the reality we're living in. 
Okay, inflation, everything you just said off is most of that's fuel prices. If you shuck off the fuel prices, everything goes fine. Okay, it's not the case. Here's a little bit more of what we're talking about. And yes, lower gas prices do help us in theory. Of course they do. You know, as a cab driver, lowering the price of gas would be great for me. But in this moment in New York, do you know we're paying a gallon for gas in New York right now? Straight up, it's over five fifty a gallon here in Midtown. Are you saving a lot of money at the pump? If you're out there, you want to call in in this hour or the next one, let me know. 888-788-9910. We've had this discussion in the in the past. We should probably update it. What's gas looking like around the country right now? If you're seeing a notable change one way or the other, if it's having an impact on your life, let me know. 888-788-9910. The only other thing I wanted to add to this is Rand Paul explaining how they keep telling us we're not in a recession and, you know, Things aren't so bad, but you understand when the cost of goods goes up higher than the actual wage growth in the country, you don't have to call it a recession where everybody's losing money, but they're still losing money. Doesn't matter what you know. You can spin this like it's a Taco Bell menu item. You know where it's the Taco Bell. Every time they add an item, it's like the same three things. But they're like, no, no, no. The meat's on top of the cheese now. It's not a gordita. It's a chalupa. You're like, but it's the same, the, the lettuce, the meat. and the, No, 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 but we, we unfolded it, so now it's a Mexican pizza. It's not a chalupa. We unfolded it. That's what they're doing here. No, 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 it's not a recession because technically speaking, if the barometric pressure in Washington at the same time United Airlines has over 1,000 flights and the price of gas holds steady in the middle of the country, the point is they're just trying to spin it. Here's Rand Paul saying as much clip five. The one the thing Democrats can't escape is they control all of government now, and they have for a couple of years, and inflation is through the roof, and people are seeing it in the grocery store, people are seeing it at the uh, pump, and it's getting worse. The $1,400 checks that were passed out that seemed to be like manna from heaven, they seem to be free. That money wasn't free, and people are now paying the penalty. If you add it up, most people think that they now have lost more in high gas prices than they gained in the free checks from government. And so this is something we just have to reject wholesale, and that is the idea that you can get something for nothing or that government can send out checks to people without any repercussions. No question. Thanks, big government weenuses. Because those checks... Okay, not only drove inflation, but they also made it higher for small business, harder for small businesses to hire, thus log jamming supply chains and everything in between. So the reality is, if they're still going to keep coming on TV and telling you, "No, we need to spend more money," as Bernie Sanders says, or "Oh no, it's not a problem," as Jared Bernstein says, if we're not going to get rid of the recession, if we're not going to get rid of the inflation, the very least we can do is get rid of the people causing it. Help! I need some money. Prices are funny. You know inflation sucks. Help. One gas was cheaper, so much cheaper than today. I never needed anybody's help so I could pay. But now these days are gone and Biden's made us poor. Prices climb every time that I go to the store. Help me if you can bring gas costs down.
anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Busy day. Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich is going to be here. Fox News reporter Tom Rinaldi. Guy covers everything. Masters, NBA Finals, College Football National Championship. He's stopping by as well. Uh, we're going to talk about Leah Thomas, uh, a male swimmer, biologically anyway, that is out there breaking every female swimming record against the ladies. That's not right. No, it's not. We will get there. What's also not right is the price of gas. I asked you in the last break. We're going to get to some of your calls in this hour. 888-788-9910. What are you paying now? Okay, the White House says we're all saving mountains of money because the prices have gone way down and we're all just rolling in cash. And I got to be honest, I don't know that's to be the case. So I want to see what you see out there on the road. Willie batting lead off in New Orleans, Louisiana. Yo, Willie. Hey, Jimmy. My man, how you living down there? Oh, it's living the life in South Louisiana. A great, a great life, you know. <laughs> what would be cheaper to put in your car in Louisiana, specifically New Orleans, beer or gas? Uh, probably beer. Or maybe I get some hurricanes from uh, Pat O'Brien's, but I guess I'm unhappy to get a, get a, a better deal on them. But, yeah, it cost me about, uh, about 125 to $130 to fill up my pickup truck, and I'm, I'm on the road quite often so that's uh sometimes twice a week i have to fill up wow and where is that number what's the actual gap what's the number per gallon right now it's uh, right at four to four and a quarter okay we've had a couple of stations dip down you know they mm-hmm. they bargain price at 3.99 and nine cents mm-hmm. you know so uh just shy of four dollars but for the biggest average it's anywhere from like four, four oh five to four and a quarter a gallon. Wow! Listen, I know that sucks, but it could be worse. You could be here in New York where we're paying five fifty. Yeah, well, that's that's definitely worse for sure. <laughs> that's why a... you know we cho- choose to live in South Louisiana. You know, no, you're a genius. And this is where it comes from. Mm-hmm. This is where the oil and gas comes from. We yeah. just can't go get it. That's all. Yeah, I mean that's that's the problem. Uh, you know, everyone who lives in these like coastal town, New York and California, L.A. and Frisco, they always like to pretend the rest of the country are the dumb people. But you guys are geniuses, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you got all, you got a good racket down there. I'd sign up for that 425 in a second, man. It is not good. Like they offer like five year financing on a tank of gas here in New York now. I can believe it. Oh, it's nuts. Well, good stuff, Willie. Keep on trucking. Uh, I'll tell the White House to step on the gas and get these prices down a little more, okay? Tell them to let us drill. That's all we want. Imagine. We've been doing it forever. Yeah. We know how to do it. We know how to get it cheaper and cleaner. Just let us do it. Amen. I will drink to that. Then we can go back to drinking the beer instead of putting it in our gas tanks. I like the way you roll, Willie. Good stuff, my man. 888-788-9910. We will get to more of your calls after this and an update about 
I got to be honest with you. I've seen some stupid Black Lives Matter protests. I really have, but we have a new gold medalist in terms of the stupidest social justice crusade ever. We'll cover it next on Fox Across America. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're having a quick chit-chat. The White House says gas is down, and it is. Uh, But they're really highlighting the savings. Are you getting rich? Are these lower gas prices uh, having a positive impact on your life? I want to go around the country really quick just to get a snapshot of what people are paying. Because where I'm at here in New York, they're actually still going up. Like, I'm not not kidding. It's – they don't even give you the price anymore. I can tell what the gas the price of gas is based on how other people react when they pull up to the pump. Like yesterday, me and my Bronco pulled up to the pump over on Ninth Avenue, and I could hear the other guy who pulled up a second ahead of me just going, ah! Ah, no, no. That's the best way to describe the price of gas in New York. As for the rest of the country, okay, Kevin is in Longview, Texas, listening on KTBB. Hey, Kevin, what's up, man? Hey, Jimmy. Man, it is, I've been listening to you for a while. Wow. And sorry I couldn't come see you when you came to Tyler. Oh. But uh, I just wanted to give you a little info. Mm-hmm. You know, we're paying, still paying about $4 a gallon here. And, you know, in Texas, everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> but I spent a week in Cancun last week on vacation. Mm-hmm. And gas over there is twelve. What? For regular. Is- and twenty for diesel. What is that? Yeah, is it by the liter by any chance instead of the gallon? That sounds crazy. No, it's not. I mean, when I told our cab driver what we were paying, he was like freaking out. Yeah, that's that. That and, is madness. Go ahead. And, and and the thing is, I have a buddy that lives in West Texas on his land. He has all that they said that they could provide for two hundred years. Wow. That's true. But, yeah. And so ask Bernie Sanders. He wants to make more money. Just get Bernie Sanders to give some of his money out to these people and see how fast that goes. Imagine that, right? Yeah. No, no chance of that. The the old no. socialist. He doesn't want to redistribute no. his wealth. You know the deal. It's all his. Well, yeah, yeah. Let's just make up. Let's make more money so the dollar <laughs> value goes down. It's such a racket. One note I will add to this is – uh. Uh, you did miss me when I was down there in Tyler, but it was for your own good. We got pretty wild down there. You know, no one would be better off if they hung out with that KDBB crowd. It's a rowdy bunch. I think they're trying to kill me, to be honest with you, Kevin. I don't know, man. Hey, uh, I probably would have let you got by with your white boots. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> since, since, since I'm in law enforcement, I could take care of you. So, uh, <laughs> but, hey, the next time you come down, yes, uh, I- I'll buy you a beer. Hey, now you're talking. Well, the word on the street is I'm going to be down there sometime in November. So uh, polish up on those protection skills because I'm going to need them. Okay, buddy? <laughs> exactly. All right. You're buddy. the man, Kevin. See you, buddy. Uh Kevin says three ninety nine a gallon down in Texas, which sounds awful, but I'm going to make everybody listening in Texas feel better. Joe is out in North Bay, California. Yo, Joe. Hey, Jimmy. Now this first time, long time. Oh, thanks, brother man. That's that's awesome. Um, yeah. Let me yeah, ask so you. I, go ahead. I, uh, I, was, I was telling. Sorry to interrupt you. I was telling your screener that that I paid six forty nine yesterday a gallon, oh which is. Along the line of Joe Biden's decrease, because I was paying seven twenty nine. Oh my god! Are you serious? But that's insane. <laughs> yeah. I was just out there. Yeah, I, I was out there. I it was a yeah. Left. It was <laughs> I have one kidney left. 
That's so bad. But it's true. It's like even inflation is affecting organ sales now because so many people have to sell them to keep up with the cost of bills. It's bad. I was out there with Jenny and Lincoln a week ago, and it was over 7 bucks, and we were, like, stunned. But here's the question I wanted to ask you. I mean, because California is a very driving, heavy state. You're not taking mass transit. Uh Is there any, like, local sense of, hey, this is BS, or are people just on board with it because they think they're saving the world? You know, to answer, I live too close to San Francisco to, yeah, or actually, you know, have an open mind or open eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And even if they are open, some of the uh, legislation over here is kind of closing our eyes. If you're catching my drift, there, yeah. <laughs> some, of the, some of the air out here smells a certain way. <laughs> that sucks. You got to pay for gas, and you got to pay for Visine, just so you don't look stoned That's when right. you get pulled exactly. over. Oh, Joe. Exactly. It does make walking to the gas station a lot a lot more fun, though. <laughs> so let me ask you this. What is higher in San Francisco, the gas prices or the people? Oh, the homeless people, yeah. for sure. It's, it's insane, man. It's so crazy, it's crazy to watch the quality of life on such a grand scale get corrupted in the way that it has and people kind of be okay with it. Like even here in New York, like I I know what you're doing in San Francisco. It's the same thing here. And it's weird that people are fine with it. Like I think we got to this place where it's like, well, as long as my party's in power, that's a good thing. But yo, if your party sucks, it doesn't matter. Like I'd let anyone run the country if they could run it better than this. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I really do. I really do. And it's, and people just sidestep the things they don't want to look at yep. and then just keep walking. It's it's really strange. The, the, I don't get it. The joke's on us. We spent all that time fighting over Trump and Biden, but we probably all should have just voted for Kanye. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Hey, we'd have nicer shoes to walk to the gas station. <laughs> and speaking of weed, there you go, Joe. Good call. <laughs> I'll see you soon, buddy. Yeah. There you go. Hey, thanks, Jimmy. Of course, my man, be well. 888-788-9910. Jerome is down in Missouri. I'm heading down to Missouri with Jenny Fela in August. Yo, Jerome. Hey, Jimmy. My man. Hey, First I, time caller. Oh, that's a big deal, Jerome. We uh, Yeah. That's usually all we get. No one wants to call back a second time. They're like, this guy's nuts. I kid. <laughs> hey, you know, they was talking about they was uh, under $4 a gallon. Mm-hmm. And everywhere I've been, except for my truck stop where I was going to stop and fuel, is three ninety seven, and wow. diesel is five thirty one. Whoa! So this is the cheapest place I've seen. Whoa! <laughs> and now let's talk. Tell- uh, Go ahead. Okay, I was talking to your screener there, and I said I hadn't paid under six dollars a gallon. That's insane. So, but this one here is five thirty one. Let so. me ask you a question that I want to make sure I understand okay. right. Doesn't doesn't diesel usually come in lower than gas at the pump traditionally? Well, diesel's always a little bit higher. Oh, it is. Okay, I just want to make sure I understand. Ever right. since ever since this has happened, it's it's skyrocketed. Yeah. So everywhere I go, it's you know, mm-hmm. and I drive for a company, mm-hmm. and every every time I fill up, it's it's from five hundred dollars to eight hundred dollars. That is depending ins- on how much fuel I burn. Dude, that is insane. I, I hope Loves is yeah. at least throwing in a lot lizard or something for you. <laughs> I don't want no lot lizard. <laughs> All right, place defense wins championships, Jerome. Keep playing good ball out there, okay, brother? Hey, hey, uh-huh. I tell you, uh-huh. let me tell you this, Jimmy. Most uh-huh. of the time, if they look good, they're a cop. 
<laughs> you know what, man? That really takes me back to my cab driving days because I know what you're saying is true. I will, I will not say how I know. Let's just nod our heads in agreement and move on while we still have some dignity. Okay, sir? Yes, sir. Let's keep her dignity. <laughs> Great call, Jerome. See you soon, brother. Hey, thank you, Jimmy. Of course, my man. 888-788-9910. Marianne is in Pocatello, Idaho, uh, and she joins us now. Yo, Marianne. Hi, how are you? Good. Do you know, and you might not know this, but me, Jenny, and Lincoln Fela had one of the wildest nights of our lives in Pocatello, Idaho last summer. We, well, that's good to know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry I missed you, but we were up. Uh, we were we were you know visiting the fine folks at KID, and we were up in Idaho Falls, and we went to Schmidt's and ate a big uh, you know elephant ear breakfast, and we went to Bear World and had a great time with Grace Latham, and then on the way out of there, we realized we needed a pit stop in Pokey, or Lincoln was going to have to drive the car because Jenny and I were in pretty bad shape, <laughs> so we wound up just leaning in, and we had a pretty good night in Pokey, is what I would say. Great place. Love it. Idaho is a great place. Love it out there. Um, let's talk yeah, about the gas, though. Is the gas great in Idaho? No, it's not. And after listening to your show, I'm kind of have my my little curiosity peaked. I gassed up this morning at 5:23 for oh. that mid grade 87. Oh goodness, and, that hurts. Yeah, right. What the heck? And they're telling you it's cheaper because there are some that when they say there are 20,000 stations where the price has gone down, they're not wrong. Okay, because there are markets with less consumption where the price is down. But where the demand is high, this is always going to be supply and demand. You're always going to pay more. So most of us are doing what you're doing. Like where I am in New York, it's not down. It's not down. So it's it sucks because you sit here on TV and they're like, oh, everybody's saving so much money. And I want to shoot my TV because I'm like, I'm not saving money. But I'm spending enough money on gas that I don't need to buy another TV. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah. And you know something? One of my favorite things to do during the summer is just take a little short road trip Mm -hmm. and go out and stop at the mom-and-pop cafes Mm -hmm. and maybe spend a night in a hotel or motel or campsite somewhere just for the fun of it. Mm Because I've always lived in the West, and we drive. Oh, yeah. That's what we do, right? Yep. And guess what I'm not doing this summer? Oh, no, man. I mean, it's rare that we're going out. So I'm also affecting all these roadside businesses. Yep. And, you know, I appreciate your time because I really get annoyed with people who don't pump their own gas or pay their own gas bill yep. telling me i got to get used to it. That's the thing that drives me crazy is that the people saying, oh, but you're saving the environment and all that good stuff, they're not affected by this, you know. They're and- not. But but you want to know something, too, like that is why the Democrats are polling at like 30 percent is because they're they're not showing any real consideration to how this is damaging everything. And people people know it now. Let's move beyond politics. This is just like a human issue now that everybody's taking a beating. So what we'll do is the next time I'm out there, you're welcome to carpool with the failures. But I'm just telling you, it's, it's not always the safest. It's not always the safest option, Marianne. That sounds like a wild adventure, though. I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Here's why I've been dying to ask somebody. Mm-hmm. What's your take on the anti-Trumpers out in the world right now? Do you mm-hmm. think if he runs again that they'll vote against him just to vote against him and will lose again? Well, this is what I think is going to happen if he, ru- if he does run again. 
I, I think for the people who hate him full time, because there are people out there who really hate presidents so they don't have to hate themselves. You know, that's what that's what coastal elites are. They're really rich people that don't know how to enjoy their lives. So they need a boogeyman. They need somebody that makes them feel morally superior. So they're always telling you Trump is worse than he is so they can feel better than they are. But what I think will ultimately happen is if he runs again, I think what people are going to realize are the things we considered to be problems under Trump, like, oh, a pretend Russian agent is running our White House. Those aren't real problems compared to inflation and the border and the gas prices and the crime. So I actually think he would do better than people expect. But I really I don't know if he's going to run like I hung out with his daughter in law all day Friday, Lara Trump, and she sounds optimistic. He's going to run. He's going to run. He's going to run. But I, I just don't know what to think, man, because I just honestly don't know if he wants to put up with this nonsense because Trump. Yeah, bought- he doesn't need to. That's what I mean. I mean, if I had a supermodel wife and a country club and a couple of billion bucks, I don't want to get yelled at by Jim Acosta for another four years. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you can't. There's the one thing you can't do is you can't underestimate Trump because people didn't think he'd win the first one. So how could you say, you know, definitively he couldn't win the second one? You know, and with Biden screwing up every if you would have asked me a year ago, I would have said there's no way he could ever be president again. But they've screwed up the country so bad that I think they've opened the door. I think they've done more to help Trump than Trump could ever have done on his own. Does that make sense? Yeah, that sounds a little encouraging because, you know, I'd vote for him. But oh, yeah. I don't want to, like, have those anti-Trumpers and, like, <laughs> everything else that went on. You don't, you know, want, you don't, just, you don't uh, want those peaceful, tolerant people throwing a brick through your windshield, you know? Right, <laughs> right? You know? All right. Oh, so, man, good call. Well, great. Okay, I'll see I'll see you out in Pokey. We'll be there later this summer. Okay. Good times. Thanks a lot. Have the, a good day. You too, Marianne. Uh eight 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 seven eight eight nine nine one zero. Really quickly, I just want to hear from Jimmy. Because Jimmy's down in New Orleans. Now Jimmy is driving an electric vehicle. Jimmy's Jimmy's on the inside of this E V revolution. How are you living down there, Jimmy? How's that going? Hey Jimmy, uh love your show. Thanks, uh buddy. tell you what, uh I bought uh my EV uh, mm-hmm. one year ago, and mm-hmm. I've owned all kind of diesel cars mm-hmm. and uh, love them. Okay. Uh, and uh, I've converted to EV, but mm-hmm. I will tell you, I'm not going back. But what I will also say is the EV uh, infrastructure is not there. It's, yeah. it's not ready. And that- Tesla has it figured out. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, does it anger me to see gas prices this high? Absolutely, 100% it does. Mm-hmm. But um, – the, the infrastructure is not there. So the government is lying to you when they tell you EVs are where it's at. Tesla's got it figured out, which yep. is what I drive. Mm-hmm. But uh, the other ones, <laughs> they're not ready in, in, in the least. No, not even close. I, and I appreciate you saying that because that's the fraud of the whole thing is they don't even want to work with Tesla anymore because Tesla doesn't comply with any of Biden's union standards and stuff of that nature. Uh, but they're the yep. only one with the capacity. Like if we really had to increase production and charging and everything in between, it's not there right now. Like you said it, EVs, and I know a lot of people who just love them, like you said. But in terms of the vehicles on the road, they're 1% of all new vehicles manufactured right now. So you've got another 300 million orders to fill out there. <laughs> And that's a big – people yeah. don't realize the magnitude of that. Yeah, so. i tell you what. Look, I, did, I didn't buy an EV to save the planet. That's yeah. uh, about yeah. 15th on my list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's less moving parts, uh-huh. uh, you know, a lot less maintenance. I've got 50,000 miles on this car. I've had basically a year and 
couple of months. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you it can be done. Yep. Uh, and I've done basically zero maintenance, uh, which is un, un, unreal. Yeah. Uh, and look, I, I had a diesel, uh, a diesel uh, sedan before this. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, couldn't buy any more. But all this um, uh, uh, diesel particulate fluid, uh, mm-hmm. uh, fluid they make you purchase for these cars, uh, it, you know, government regulated stuff uh, mm-hmm. becomes a problem. And yep. anyway, you uh, get it. Love the EVs. Uh, the, the world's not ready for it yet. Uh, and yep, I agree. It's a shame that we're where we're we at. Yeah. Well, if anybody needs me, I'll be hitchhiking. Good call, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. See you, brother. Uh, back after this. It's the show that leaves you hungry for more. We'll probably sit around and cook some soup, eat bread and desserts, and just get all fat and sassy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with real Jimmy Fallon. We're having a grown-up conversation about this gas mess. I wanted to work in my man Paul also out in Idaho. Yo, Paul. How are you doing today? I'm great. Now, you heard my buddy Jimmy in the last call, and I just saw that your idea was, you know, in in focus similar to his. He's an electric vehicle owner who loves the car, but he admits that the infrastructure just isn't there in the country. Um, But where are you on electric cars? Well, um, I think there's a place for a small percentage. That's about it. Yeah. You know, I was just reading an article. I didn't know if you'd seen it yet. Mm-hmm. But there was, a, there was a, some parents in Florida that bought their 17-year-old daughter an electric Ford, uh, mm-hmm. I don't remember, it's the Nest Quarter, one of those. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. They made for $11,000. Mm-hmm. It was all fine and dandy for about six months, and then started acting up, and then it quit. Oh, they towed it in. It needed a battery. Mm-hmm. $14,000. Oh, Gosh, no, I can't, Paul. Don't do that to me. Fourteen thousand out there. Fourteen thousand dollars for the battery for that electric Ford uh, little car. My first car was a Chrysler LeBaron. It cost thirty five hundred dollars, brand new. The idea. Fourteen hundred dollars. They have to have charging 14, stations. No, fourteen thousand. That's crazy. Thousand. Listen, if yeah. you're going to do that, Paul, you got to have charging stations outside the banks that we're going to have to rob to pay for the accessories. You know what I'm saying? You don't want your you don't well, want your getaway yeah. car to stall. Wow, Paul, that's an eye opener. We're running into a hard break at the end of the hour, but thanks for the intel. We'll get to more of your calls. We'll get to Mark Burnovich. Big hour coming up on the Big Bad One and Only Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are fired up. Got a big hour coming up on this show. Mark Burnovich, he is the attorney general of the great state of Arizona. He's one of the people suing the Biden administration right now, trying to get them to take border security seriously. We'll get this, as we've covered extensively on the program People coming across our southern border are being relocated to cities throughout the country. And dig this. Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser, now that the illegal migrants are starting to show up in her community, is calling for the relocation practice to stop. Democrats are so full of crap. Of course they are. And we're going to get into it in this hour at 888-788-9910. Rules are the same. 
Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a That is all. By the way, some of you messaged me. Yes, I was on America's Newsroom this morning with Bill Hemmer and Dana Perino. We're going to post that after the show. That's usually what we do on Mondays. And then we'll preview some other TV stuff going on this week. I have gotten really good at sneaking past security here on the Fox News channel. I'm on TV a lot these days because I've just, you know, you know how to make them look the other way. You run onto the set and you're like, look, I'm on TV. Mom! Okay, but right now that's not the discussion. The discussion is people sneaking into this country. And for all intents and purposes, this country is wide open because even the people apprehended at the border aren't being sent back. You know, and when it comes to border security, it's no different than a bar. I've mentioned this before. We all know what it's like to have that bar in your town that's not checking IDs for underage kids. When you hear that, everybody who's underage and wants to get into a bar, that's the only place they're ever heading again. Wait, what? They're not t- they'll take a college ID to get in? Come on! And that's the same deal with the border. If people find out that everyone who attempts to come into the country is ultimately let in, even if they're apprehended, then, of course, they're, you know. That's what's going to happen. We have incentivized this in a weird, perverse way. And understand, I have had this conversation a billion times on this show. I will say it very quickly in case some of you are listening to me for the first time. I have a lot of empathy for the people coming to this country illegally. I do. Because they're fleeing real oppression, not the fake, you know, oppressive, systemic racism they peddle on the left. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. They call everything racist and then they show up and actually say racist things. You're a bunch of breakfast tacos. If you don't vote for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Or they pander in accents. I don't feel no ways tired. (laughs) It's insane. Okay, but the point is, the people migrating to this country illegally, you're walking a 1,000 miles, you're getting smuggled at the behest of a cartel, paying $5,000 to get in, they are fleeing real dire situations. So I get it. But if we want to be that empathetic country, that shining city on a hill, what you do is you secure the border immediately. He knows what he's talking about. Not to deny them the right of entry, but to force them to come here legally. Bingo. That's the issue. The problem at the border is people like to run on the problem a lot more than they like to solve this problem. But if we really genuinely cared about the people trying to come in, what we would do is encourage safe and legal immigration. Not the type of immigration that's leading to 30% of the women who cross our border being sexually assaulted. Yo, that's horrific. Who is okay with this? Okay, the answer is Democrats, because they do ultimately believe that going forward, these people could potentially become more reliant on government and ultimately wind up doing what? Voting Democrat. Hence, all of the entitlements and all of the incentives they're giving to people coming here illegally. Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings and your retirement. But one of the things we've been covering quite extensively on this show is when people come into this country illegally, okay, The government winds up with what? A surplus of migrants in these border facilities. We saw early last year 
facilities that were 300 percent over capacity at a time when they were saying the pandemic was going to get us all killed. You can't get together in large groups. But here we are letting tens of thousands of people into a facility that holds 2000 people. And then they told us what with a straight face. Jen Psaki said, well, yeah, you know, Americans, we have a vaccine mandate, but we don't have to mandate vaccines for illegals crossing the border because they don't plan on staying long. Saki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. But again, in what world does somebody walk 2,000 miles to your border because they don't plan on staying long? Come on, man. You're insulting my intelligence. This isn't a day trip. They didn't try to book a boat to go whale watching and they couldn't get any noon starts. So they're like, screw it. We'll get all our belongings, grab grandma, and we'll walk 1,000 miles to America. That's not what's going on here. So the point is, because the Democrats don't want the surpluses at our border facilities, because they harangued President Trump for what was decried in the media as kids in cages, of course, that ultimately backfired when what happened? The New York Times ran a big photo expose going, look at all these kids in cages under Donald Trump. And what did we ultimately find out? The Associated Press had to fact check them because the kids in the cage photos happened under Barack Obama. Oh, wow! And understand, okay, for all the screaming and yelling at kids in cages, family separation, it didn't even begin under Obama. It was going on under George Bush. Why? Because they were trying to make sure that kids coming across the border were, in fact, with their parents. Okay, most people seeking asylum in this country, if they happen to be a member of a drug cartel coming here with nefarious intentions, they understand their asylum case has a 90 percent chance of being granted if they show up with a child. So they grab a child, whether it's theirs or it isn't. And that's why family separation became a thing. They just wanted to ascertain that these kids are with the people they should be with. And that's why it's always gone on. But the Democrats yelled under Trump, of course, oh, it's destroying families. Never mind that Barack Obama did it, too. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But stick with me, because Joe Biden is also following through on this same policy. But rather than drawing attention to the issue, he doesn't go down to the southern border because that's the only way 90 percent of the media in this country would cover it, is if Biden shows up, he would then be bringing attention to the problem. The other concern they have is the image of overcrowded border facilities. So what are they doing? They're relocating migrants in the dead of night to other parts of the country. This is a study we have a study. This is a practice we have covered extensively dating back to December of last year when we first started to see these videos of migrants being flown into Rochester, New York, Buffalo, New York overnight up here, Stewart, Stewart Airport up here in Westchester, New York, and then subsequently relocated to other parts of the country like Florida, you know, and governments started to speak out. But the Democrats continued to ship them there. Well, something happened over the weekend because now we've gotten word that they're shipping migrants to D.C. shelters. And here's a newsflash. Muriel Bowser, the D.C., the welcoming, tolerant, with arms wide open if you're a Creed fan, or open arms if you're a Journey fan, isn't singing either of those songs. Here it is, clip 14. This is a very significant issue. Um, We have for sure called on the federal government uh, to work across state lines to prevent 
um, people from really being tricked uh, into getting on buses. Uh, uh, we, we think they're largely asylum seekers uh, who are going to final destinations that are not Washington, D.C. Uh, I worked uh, with the White House to make sure that FEMA provided a grant to a local organization um, that is providing services to folks. Um, but I fear that they're being uh, tricked into nationwide um, bus trips when their final destinations are places all over the United States of America. Shut up, fool! I mean, just an idiot. She doesn't want them coming to Washington, D.C. They're being tricked into coming on a bus to D.C. What's the real, what is, honestly, what's the real message here? The real message is, we don't want them in our town. Correct the mundo. That's the, they're being tricked. This is no different last week. This is Democratic messaging. Remember Elizabeth Warren last week saying that the crisis pregnancy centers outnumber abortion clinics three to one in Massachusetts? And she said people are being tricked into having babies. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Tricked into having babies. The person allowing an innocent baby to live is the bad guy. That's what Elizabeth Warren and the left want you to believe. No, no, it's these people, these evil people are tricking them into having babies. What kind of monster would actually protect innocent life? I mean, the horror. But this is their worldview, and that's what she says when they're being tricked. They're being tricked into coming up here. Anytime you're doing something the Democrats don't want, you've been tricked. You've been bamboozled. You just don't know any better. You're helpless. You can't think for yourself. You need big government to handle it for you. That's the argument. But what they're basically saying here is, yeah, Muriel Bowser just doesn't want this going on in her community. Did she speak up when they were being sent to Florida? The answer would be no. Did she speak up when they were being shipped to New York? The answer would be no. Weird, but she speaks up when they get shipped to D.C. Do you Notice a trend here? It's a little bit of a scam. But the bigger issue I'm having is the continuous surge at our southern border because it's wide open. That's the real problem. We're not having a discussion about relocation. We're not sitting here calling out democratic hypocrisy on the idea of relocation if, in fact, there's nobody out there that we need to relocate. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. But that's the bigger frustration here. There is an indifference to securing our southern border, an indifference that has made fentanyl the leading killer of Americans between the ages of 18 and 45. It's not COVID. It's not monkeypox. It's not using the wrong gender pronouns. It's drugs pouring across our border because all of these yahoos that are trying to score, you know, political points off illegal immigration are getting the rest of the country screwed and killed in some places in the meantime. with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America.
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, the Leah Thomas of trivia. As far as Tucker Carlson's concerned, I went on Friday night and I stole a medal from a biological woman by the name of Dagan McDowell. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm mm-hmm. But the real boulder dash and a hogwash and mm mm-hmm, as the great Dagan McDowell called it, is that Leah Thomas has been nominated as one of the NCAA's Women of the Year. They're crazy. No, no, it's insanity. It is insanity, and even the Allman Brothers are singing about it now. But do you understand where we're headed? You know, if, in fact, this becomes a thing, is obviously we're moving well past the obvious that there are biological differences between men and women. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. That joke dates back to kindergarten, cop, that we all knew that to be the case. But it's really amazing because right now we're finally closing the gap between what people believe to be true and what they're willing to say. Meaning a year ago, she was able to compete without much of a blowback because people were basically getting pistol whipped into compliance. If they spoke out against this sort of thing, they were called a transphobe or a turf or somebody bad in between. And they just trashed you for anything that might have gone wrong in society. You hate trans people. You wrote the bad ending of The Sopranos. This guy's got to go. And that was essentially the approach to you. But now people are starting to realize that the real victim here beyond biology... Are you ready for it? Is women. Women are getting screwed over. And none of the big Title IX advocates, we just celebrated the 50th anniversary a few weeks ago, is anybody speaking up on behalf of women in this moment? The answer would be no. But we're starting to get some pushback at the collegiate level. Here's a Kentucky swimmer by the name of Riley Gaines who slammed Penn for nominating Leah Thomas as a woman of the year. Do you want to know why? Riley Gaines is against Leah Thomas not being named the woman of the year because she's not a woman. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. When you're right. And again, nobody pointing this out is transphobic. Go do whatever the hell you want to do. Who cares? It's America. That's the whole point of the country is free range chicken. E pluribus unum. Out of many, one. Go do your own thing. But the idea that your own thing has to be forced onto the rest of us in instances like this where it's just weapons-grade crazy, it's not going to fly. So on a small scale, I'm happy to see this pushback. But it doesn't mean it's successful in that they are really fighting rigorously. You know, when you hear the World Health Organization, the World Health Organization telling you straight up, that, you know, gender is this construct that ever, that ever keeps on increasing and it goes on. And Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. You really are like a crazy person because when you put this in a broader sense, you understand they're yelling at you all the time to follow their public health initiatives. But do you really want scientific advice, health advice, from someone who tells you their brother just got knocked up? How was spring break? Oh, it was the worst. My brother didn't use protection. Now he's pregnant. 
We don't know if we can get an abortion. We live in a red state. We might be on the 15 weeks with these gas prices. Can we really afford a trip to a blue state? There's never been a dumber time to be alive than right now, okay, because this is straight pretend. And what I'm so fascinated by is, you know, one of the new benchmarks, because our our society really did get so tolerant and inclusive, we had to start inventing new forms of racism. Not the old, I won't hire you, I won't eat with you, I don't accept your right to exist in this society racism, but other forms like cultural appropriation. Hey, why are you listening to rap music? You're not black. Yeah, neither is Eminem, and it was never a problem. Okay, but stick with me. When we move the mile marker to a place like cultural appropriation, how can one party stake a claim to fighting cultural appropriation, but in the next allow people to take everything it constitutes to be a woman just because they feel like it? Is that not, oh, I don't know, gender appropriation? I think he's got a point. It's crazy. Yo, and I mean this. I was never nor am I smart enough to host a nationally syndicated talk show. But everybody around me has gotten so stupid, we're now winning titles by default because we're playing in the weakest division in sports. I take no joy in saying the other side is this stupid. The country would benefit from a robust Democratic Party, but we don't have one in this moment because everybody's too busy slapping each other on the back and giving each other trophies for pretending to be a gender that they aren't. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, the reigning heavyweight champion of Tucker Carlson's final exam. Big win Friday night. We posted it on the Fox Across America Facebook page. If you haven't seen it, go there and check it out. We'll also be posting today's America's Newsroom hit there as well. Shaping up to be a pretty busy TV week, but I think everyone listening would argue that no matter what I do this week, I kind of peaked last Thursday when I was on Kennedy hosting with this next man in the guest chair. He is, of course, the superstar attorney general of Arizona, uh, Mark Burnovich in the house. Yo, man. You know, a lot of people said that you're the Timothy B. Schmidt of uh, Fox News these days, and and of course I am the Joe Walsh. <laughs> I love it. But I sent you a text. One of Kennedy's EPs was like, that attorney general was hilarious, bro. Look at you. Do you want to hit the road Martin Lewis style? No. There we go. Who's going to be the straight guy and who's going to be the cut-up guy, right? <laughs> Listen, I would love to be straight guy. It just makes my life easier. You know what I'm saying? So you- Yeah, it's, we, we, I think we should take this on the road. Maybe you can uh, have some of those uh, honchos, you know, in Fox. Uh, well, first of all, we've got to get a shoe deal. You know that, right? We've already talked about this. I've got to get the Adidas shoe deal down, and then we can work about taking this on the road. I love this. You know, they have Yeezys. They can have Burnos. That's right. I like That's right. That. In fact, we can have like the flame of fire and then just say Ovich next to it. And <laughs> people can be like, whoa, oh, Burnovich. I get it now, bro. <laughs> the Burnos, man. I yeah. kind of, you should throw your own, I mean it, like your own revival, like a, instead of Burning Man, like Burno Man. Could we have a Burno Man festival? We could. Did I ever tell you about the time someone named a horse race after a horse? Or I did tell you the story about the race horse after me. Yeah, that didn't work out too well, though. <laughs> it's it's in the glue factory as we speak. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, oh, exactly. Man. Well, listen. 
I'll tell you what's not working out for D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser. I want to, uh, yeah, I'm sure you saw the bite. But, you know, they're basically shipping migrants via bus to other parts of the country now that they're showing up in D.C. She's like, oh, hell no, we ain't doing that. She's throwing the challenge flag. Uh, what is this? Is it the hypocrisy it reads as, or am I missing something? No, it, this is the classic uh, hypocrisy of the far left. And you can name, name me any issue. Um, environmentalism, they're all for alternative energy. But my goodness, as soon as you start putting wind farms in their neighborhoods off Cape Cod or Nantucket, then all of a sudden they don't want it. And, yeah. and this is just another classic example. They want open borders. Um, they don't mind other people paying for it. They don't mind, you know, crime hitting people. But my goodness, as soon as people that are illegally entering the country are coming to where they live, now all of a sudden now it's going to become a problem. That is so true. They want open borders but closed cities where they live. It's such a scam. Well, the, the big thing is, is, you know, Jimmy, that's, uh, uh, you know, in addition to free rooms and free transportation to those illegally entering the country, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris now want to give them a chance to vote. Isn't that insane? But that's that is the whole racket here, man. And most people see through it, want no part of subsidizing this. But I bring up subsidizing it because this one point nine trillion dollar American rescue plan is what pretty much every economist attributes as the root cause of inflation. But I'm watching Bernie Sanders yesterday scream and yell that we need to spend more money. And I'm like, dude, you're basically throwing a drowning man a sofa if you spend more money at this point, are you not? It's, uh, you know, what they say, Murphy, what did Eddie Murphy say? You throw a starving man a cracker, it's the best meal he's ever had. Here is the problem, though. Yeah, it's not a cracker. They are throwing, yeah, an anchor instead of a life jacket. And, you know, one of the lawsuits I have is we sued uh, Secretary Yellen and the Biden administration because they did not want states to be able to cut taxes if they took COVID money. And we've sued them. We said it's unconstitutional, Ninth, Tenth Amendment issues, anti-commandeering principles. And I always ask people, why is it that Joe Biden and the federal government wants to give you a $16 stimulus check, but the state of Arizona can't cut income taxes by $1,600? And it's because it's all about that concentration power of D.C. And we can't, well, obviously we can't afford it. You look at GDP as a you know, percentage of our the debt, the percentage of GDP, it's, it's, un, it's historic. It's, it's unprecedented. And we literally cannot spend money we don't have on top of all the – Things that the Biden administration is doing with, you know, canceling drilling on public lands and auctions for, you know, offshore drilling, all that stuff is is absolutely wrecking our economy. And Joe Biden is, you know, obviously the worst president since Jimmy Carter. Actually, he's wor- obviously he's worse than Jimmy Carter. So. I know he really does. He makes Jimmy Carter look like Gary Carter, the Hall of Fame catcher from the Mets. It's not pretty. Oh, I thought you were talking about the guy from Different Strokes. Oh, <laughs> Gary, Gary Coleman. Cool. Oh, dang it, man! I was on a roll. <laughs> Gary Coleman. I mean, your producer's fact-checking me now. No, it's What's a sli- up, slightly, yeah, No, it's a slightly <laughs> different. But Gary Coleman, still significant here at Fox because that's where Gutfeld gets his clothes. He gets a lot of Gary Coleman <laughs> hand-me-downs. So, I don't. thought he was still shopping in the kids' department at Fox. <laughs> Webster. A lot of Webster. He, he, Emmanuel yeah. Lewis lends him a couple of blazers. Uh, Mark Burnovich is on the line of you just joining us from the great state of Arizona. Let me ask you a question. What are you paying for gas out there, by the way? No, it's just about five bucks a gallon. That's so crazy. So here's another thing. I took calls on this in the last hour because over the weekend, the Biden administration was crowing like, oh, gas is down. People are saving money. Everybody who called me was like five bucks, six bucks. We had like one three ninety nine in Louisiana. 
Yeah, it will. Obviously, if this is basic economics. When you cancel pipelines, you cancel the ability of you know companies to export for oil, drill for oil. Uh, you have all these EPA regulations that cause, make it almost impossible to build refinery capacity. This is what you end up when you. It, it's just the opposite of immigration. In immigration, where you decriminalize, incentivize something, you're seeing the consequences of it. Millions and millions of people illegally entering the country, like the entire population of Kansas since Joe Biden was president. And on the other hand, when you stigma when you demonize and you stigmatize something and you make it harder um, and you impose more regulations, you see less of it. And that's what we're seeing exactly when it comes to oil and the impact it's having on energy prices, which, as you know, impacts everything from, you know, how much it costs to ship groceries to the grocery store, how much a a farmer it costs him to, you know, uh, plow the fields and, you know, bring those goods to market. And so it's plastics. It has an impact on everything we do. And that's why energy prices are, are so important to keep them as low as possible. Did you uh, did you care that Biden fist bumped MBS? No big deal. You're just happy he shook hands with somebody who was actually there. Well, I'm telling you, I think whoever's speaking to Joe Biden's earpiece is, is telling him who to fist bump, who to shake, and whatever <laughs> he needs to say or do. So I don't put a lot of credence in it because I'm assuming right now it's like uh, the weekend at Bernie's thing that those guys just kind of. Um, Yo, last prop, week, prop, prop him up for the show, and uh, what is it? He's become comfortably numb, as they say. <laughs> Pink Floyd. Got- well, <laughs> since you mentioned Pink Floyd, and you are uh, the Arizona Attorney General, do we really just need another brick in the wall, if you will, at the southern border? <laughs> Actually, we need a lot of bricks in the wall. <laughs> but uh, you know, I was obviously making a reference to comfortably numb. I know, but, I know. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. You know, I'll tell you right. Th- this this show is fantastic. It's really what I think. By the way, which one of you is pink? (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. It is a mess. Last week I lost my mind, man, because this is what happened. Uh, He had this moment in Israel where he turned to shake hands with no one. And then he ultimately did correct his handshake as he walked away to a pointing gesture, probably catching himself. But people were arguing with me off the air. They're like, no, no, he wasn't shaking hands at an invisible man. He was pointing at one. And I was like, yo, the hand gesture isn't the concern. It's the fact that the person's invisible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. I guess I give people the benefit of the doubt. Haven't you ever been in a situation where you're about to fist bump somebody or high-five somebody, and then they leave you hanging. It's the whole expression. So you kind of – maybe that was just uh, he assumed or someone in the earpiece was like, shake hands with the person to the right of you. And then he got all confused, and he went like – and he went to go do it, and someone left him hanging. I will give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. All right, fair. That's what we we like about you. You Yeah, he sees – Go ahead. He sees ghosts, right? (laughs) This is the sixth sense. I see dead people. (laughs) Yeah, dead people. Oh, my God. Oh, man, I'm a little off. I need another cup of coffee. Sorry. You're fine. You're dynamite yeah. as though. Aces is always. Uh, Burno Man, that's the festival. We're going to organize this and do it soon. So let me ask you this, last but not least, the next time they have me hosting a show at Fox, are you coming back on or are you one and done? Are you going out on top? Oh, I, I feel like I'm just warming up right now. There it I feel is. Like I got some of. I left a lot of my best material on the cutting room floor. You know, you can't do satisfaction as the first song. You got to wait till the the encore for that. <laughs> you don't open. You don't open with your closer, is what you're saying. That's right. No, that I get right. it. That's right. All right. Well, you heard hey, it here look, first. Me and Berno will get the band back what, together. Hey, Go I don't care what Gutfield says about you. You're okay. <laughs> I'll handle him. You know, I'll handle that little comedy dwarf. I'll be back on his show Friday. Uh, you go enjoy your day, sir. Bang up job as always. Thanks, brother. Be well. There he goes, the great Arizona Attorney General, Mark Burnovich. Uh, I got to tell you, he was great on Kennedy's show the other night. 
And a lot of the points you were making were points you've heard him make on this show before, because essentially, if you have me host a TV show, it's just a radio show with cameras in front of it. Uh, not that we don't have cameras here watching us on Fox Nation, but the point is the vibe is just the same. You know, you take the problem seriously, but you have fun discussing them. Because what you need to do right now, like if you really care about the country, if you're like one of the people who's like an activist, you really want to get people to go conservative because the Democrats are ruining things. I agree with you that they are. But you can't do it with logic. You can't. Like, if you're just going to show up to argue your ideas, most of the people aren't going to sit there and hear them. They're going to call you a white supremacist of a transphobe. What you've really got to do is it's all branding in this day and age. One of the reasons that this show is a fun show is I realized it would help the country more if everybody was cool to each other than if they were just screaming past one another with ideas and political platitudes. And I think the best ambassador you can have to a political party or to a movement, in my case, the movement is America, is to just be the cool side because people want to hang out with the cool side. They don't want to hang out with the angry, I'm canceling you, you know, I'm going to chase you out of a restaurant because you didn't vote my way side. That's not the fun side. You know, we are the fun side. And that's why we're winning uh, to the extent that we are. Now, there's another show out there, not necessarily the fun side. Uh, And we're going to have to talk about it when we come back. I'm, of course, talking about a show over at ABC called The View. No! No, God, please, no, no, no! Now get it, I know a lot of people feel that way, not just adults, even children. The view is awful. But we're going to weigh in on the view because there's been some follow-up as it pertains to Jill Biden and the breakfast taco remark and the go forward on Biden's big trip at the Saudi Arabia. You and me, we're going to get through this as a family when we come back on Fox Across America. The show that loves you like a sibling. We'll always be brothers. It's Fox Across America with brother Jimmy Fallon. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And yes, we harangue The View quite a bit on this show. And of course, from time to time, we do acknowledge certain truths as well. I mean, The View is, to its credit, the highest rated show in Guantanamo Bay. Now that they don't have waterboarding anymore, 
They're like, you know, you confess or we'll put the view back on. Don't make me play Whoopi Goldberg. I tell you all the time, the view is, you know, weapons grade stupid, terrifyingly dumb. I always play you this clip of Whoopi Goldberg famously suggesting Jill Biden for Surgeon General here in the United States of America, despite the fact that Jill Biden, not a medical doctor. (laughs) But here's the clip. Dr. Jill becomes a Surgeon General. His wife. Yeah. Joe Biden's wife. Because she, you know, he would never do it. But she, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. I thought she was a doctor in PhD. Yeah. I could be wrong. I thought she was a teacher. She's a teacher, but. That was embarrassing. I can't play that and not laugh. Dr. Jill Biden, because she's a good doctor. Not even close. It's so funny. Uh, And, you know, last week they were trying to explain away the breakfast taco gaffe. Well, it's not ideal, but at the same time, you got to, you know. Not even close. It was terrible. They really, at a time when they were polling at 26 percent with Latino voters, the fact that they're still out there trying to defend the indefensible is why really people don't take the view seriously. But the one thing I will give them credit for is however ill-informed their opinions can be, uh, they get out there and they share them. And once in a while, I will agree with something I hear on The View. Like, I just wrote this song disparaging The View. uh, And I really do find the show just loathsome because they're the most self-righteous people in the world. You know, and they're all, you know, telling you they're united and we champion women. But the minute they go to commercial, they all hate each other. All of them. They all hate each other. They all go back to private dressing rooms and you believe what she said? They all hate each other. It's so funny. But the point is, uh, in their moments of self-righteousness and they're screaming and yelling and everybody's a white supremacist or a transphobe or anti-woman, you know, there are occasional moments where I will agree. Like, I will give you this. Sonny Hostin today, to her credit, to her credit said that Biden was wrong to meet with MBS. Come on, man. Uh, And he was wrong. I I mean this. And you know we're at a place of significance when even The View wants nothing to do with a guy like Joe Biden. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. People are strategically distancing themselves from this administration. Why? Because they don't want the egg on their face that comes from creating it. And if you don't remember, think of how quickly... In the aftermath of the election, everyone distanced themselves from my former governor, Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! Okay, every media outlet on earth shilled to make this guy, to build this guy up in an election year as a means of tearing down Donald Trump. That was the thing. He's got to be more like Cuomo. Cuomo's the man. New York's Andrew Cuomo has become an outspoken voice in this crisis with his blunt and sobering assessments. You were there for us. And I go, oh, he's smart, and you were honest. You exposed a lot of your own vulnerabilities. A very buzzed-about topic about you is your love life. You've been commended for your clear and your calm leadership. Congratulations, Andrew, on your much-deserved Founders Award. You and your brother Chris tied as the most desirable men in New York. Is it true that this was the swab that the nurse was actually using? In scale, this was the actual swab that was being used. That was going to be nice and sweet. I just want a yes, no. The media is a bunch of losers. That's uh, two Cuomos uh, in that montage, by the way, that are currently unemployed. (laughs) 
But the same media that built up Cuomo, the minute the election was over, they didn't need him anymore. They got rid of him. They went from he's the gold standard to get him out of here. And now they're doing that with Joe Biden, which is ironic because Joe Biden himself was calling Cuomo the gold standard. And the answer is I, I don't fully know. We've been leaving it to the governors. Thank God the governors have been moving. Your governor in New York's done one hell of a job. He, I think he's, he's sort of the gold standard. <laughs> he is sort of the gold standard. That is a fact check false. I mean, if you're an attorney looking to litigate sex harassment cases, yes, he's as good as gold. You're going to make money off the guy. But they're doing the same thing to Cuomo and Biden they did to the other guy. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We got a big hour, a plus-sized hour. An embarrassment of radio riches coming your way in this hour. Fox Sports reporter Tom Rinaldi. I mean, this guy's iconic. Talking about a 16-time Emmy Award winner. A seven-time Edward R. Murrow Award uh, winner. This guy has done it all. He's going to be joining us in this hour to talk sports with me. Why? Because a biological man has just been nominated as one of the NCAA's Women of the Year. That's not right. Not even a little. And we're going to get into it at 888-788-9910. We're also going to talk about this insane Black Lives Matter protest that took place over the weekend where a mentally disturbed man was ultimately shot and killed by police, but not before he himself fired gunshots into the apartment of a mother and her two children under the age of five. So this guy goes out, shoots up an apartment building, ultimately gets shot by the cops, and now we've got BLM out there trying to make some more money so they can buy a couple more mansions. That's essentially what's going on. This is bananas, and we're going to discuss it in this hour, but I want to get you the particulars of that story because here's the thing, man. I believe... As a nationally syndicated talk show host, as a guy who kind of made his way up an unconventional path. You know, I was driving a cab, doing stand-up comedy, running around the country, getting to know people. I am one of the few people in media that actually has spent time with every single solitary demographic in this country. When you drive a taxi, you pick up people from all over this planet and people from other planets, to be fair. Okay, and you really get to know and understand that there are almost no differences between us. You want to talk about our heritage or the way we look, fine. But if you want to talk about our life and our life goals, we're all doing the same thing. Okay, everybody out there in this country right now, regardless of what you are, black, white, Asian, Latino, Muslim, you know, if you're one of those Hispanic breakfast tacos, like Jill Biden famously said. Come on, man. But the point is. Okay, we all want the same things. You want to make a living, you know, keep your family safe, right? Have a couple of good bites to eat, have a couple of laughs, watch a good show, take in a ball game, do a little bit of traveling, you know, and when everybody goes to bed, hopefully you can get a little something, something in the bedroom. Oh, yes, I've read about that in the Bible. But the point is, okay, we all want the same basic things. And when you come at life from the standpoint of we're all human. We're all we're not, you know, black Americans, white Americans. Remember when Barack Obama famously said that, Uh, you know, I don't want to be black America, white America. It's the United States of America. And like, yeah, of course it is. But the Democrats 
wound up using the Obama presidency as a means to resegregate us politically, meaning they filtered every single policy disagreement through a racial lens. When Barack Obama won the presidency, that was a moment we were supposed to acknowledge as a country, wow, anybody really can be anything here. This is a guy born into a mixed racial marriage in the mid-50s at a time when that was not common. At the lowest end of the socioeconomic scale, he grows up to be president. That was supposed to be a moment of empowerment. Regardless of what you thought about Obama, we could at least claim that we had lived up to our promise as a country in terms of people being created equally. And we had and we do every day. But there are a lot of people out there that benefit from fanning the flames of racial division and filtering everything through a racial lens instead of a human lens. And I say human lens because the story I'm about to tell you about has nothing to do with race in terms of the factors leading to the outcome in which a man was ultimately shot after shooting into the apartment of a woman who has two children. Oh, by the way, they're black children. So starting at a 20,000-foot view... Okay, if the cops kill a guy who fires into the apartment of a woman with black children, they want you to believe that the cops must be racist because he was black. Okay, but let me ask you a question. If they don't kill the guy and he winds up killing the woman and the black children, they're also going to be called racist for not saving them. I think he's got a point. That's why this is such a stupid conversation. And at that moment when you see that double negative, you realize there has to be a factor here beyond race. You know, I come back to the Jacob Blake shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin, a lot to make this same example. They burnt down Kenosha, Wisconsin in the summer of George Floyd 2020. Jacob Blake, a man violating an order of protection against a woman, shows up with a knife, sexually assaults her in front of her child, attempts to abduct that child. When the cops show up and this guy fights them, they're not looking at black or white. They're looking at right or wrong. Okay, there's no race on the planet where the cops just walk away. Oh, well, no, it's a white guy. I didn't realize it was a white guy with a knife that was sexually assaulting a woman and trying to abduct her child and then physically assaulting a cop. Oh, it's a white guy? All right, yeah, well, good luck. Go have a nice day. If you want a sandwich, uh, there is a, a Schlotsky's Deli down the road. There's a help yourself to a Sonic. They've got those two-for-one milkshakes. It's going to be great. Folks, you're kidding yourself. If you think there's any race of criminal being treated differently by police, and again, I say race of criminal, criminal, because this whole idea now that the Black Lives Matter movement and the social justice woke idiots on the left are trying to demonstrate more empathy for criminals than the communities they harm is really setting us back as a country. That's stupid. Use your common sense. And who is it setting back the most but the black community? Okay, when you talk about all these bail reforms, we're not going to have anybody in jail anymore because it disproportionately targets certain communities. But those certain communities commit their crimes against other members of their community. So what all of this Black Lives Matter nonsense is, is, hey, we've got to look out for the criminals in the black community instead of the people following the law in the black community, which, oh, by the way, is 99.9% of the black community. They're just like everybody else. They're good people. They want to live their life, make money, get laid, have a family, not have a family. doesn't matter. Whatever the hell they want to do, they want to have a good time. But the point is we should never, ever, ever, ever be coddling the criminal at the expense of the commoner following the law. 
But that's what a lot of this BLM protest is right now. It's bananas. Okay, but we look out, and I want to get you up to speed if you missed this story over the weekend, because the protest got so crazy, the woman who's actually the victim of the crime winds up coming out and getting into a fight with the protesters. She tells them to shut up and go home. But here's the deal. It's a Minneapolis mother. Okay, last week, guy was shot dead by police snipers following a six-hour standoff. Okay, a woman of two, mother of two, was in her apartment cooking on Wednesday night when this gentleman who lives on the same floor began shooting a gun at her apartment. Now, we have photos from the incident that back up the claim showing the bullet holes that ripped through her front door and her bathroom mirror. It all happened, of course, in Minneapolis, same city where the George Floyd thing happened. So naturally, the cops kill somebody. People come out to protest because, again, in the Democratic worldview, cops are only killing people because of the color of their skin. It's not, it's, you know, it'd be one thing if you were a white guy shooting up an apartment with a mother and her two children inside. Who doesn't do that on a Friday night just to kill time? But if you're going to do it as a black guy, we can't have it. Folks, again and again and again, I don't want this guy to be dead. I don't want anybody to be dead who died at the hands of the police. But you're not a serious person if you won't acknowledge that these people are playing a role in changing the odds of their survival. Meaning if you're sitting in your apartment out there in Minneapolis, the odds of you living through the night are pretty good. I don't want to say they're 100% because this woman just had gunshots fly through her walls. So in technically speaking, they're not perfect, but you have pretty high odds. But the minute you become a guy shooting a gun through the walls of another apartment, you have changed the odds of your survival. The minute police show up, you get into a standoff with them, you continue to prolong the situation and harbor more threats and represent the potential for more shots being fired at innocent civilians, yo, you are changing the odds of your survival. And you have to acknowledge that. It's no differently than, you know, if you go down to, you know, Atlanta. Do you remember in the summer of George Floyd when Rayshard Brooks got arrested for DUI? He was woken up at a drive-thru, Wendy's drive-thru, by the cops. And had a pretty peaceful interaction. And when they went to handcuff him for being uh, ultimately driving under the influence, he did what? He got into a wrestling match with the cops and stole one of their tasers. Ultimately wound up getting shot. Now, again, we don't want that guy dead. But it's not as simple as what people say, which is no mother should have to worry about her son getting killed by the police just because he was drunk and sleeping at a Wendy's. Yeah, that conveniently leaves out the fact that Beyond being drunk and, and and sleeping behind the wheel at a Wendy's, he also attacked a cop and stole a cop's weapon. That matters. He changed the odds. The death is a tragedy. It's not a racial reckoning on behalf of a bunch of racist cops looking to thin out the black community. Some of the cops who shot at Rayshard Brooks were black. Oh, by the way, race is not the factor in determining people's outcomes that the activists would have you believe it is. But they don't want to have that honest conversation. You know, when you have the facts, pound the facts. You have nothing, you pound the table. Isn't that what I say on this show every day? Do we have any facts that the police are actually racist? Put up or shut up. Of course we don't. But they're out there, and they don't want to have this discussion because this discussion inhibits their ability to raise money, buy mansions if they happen to be BLM. There's a lot of money to be made shaking down people who suffer from white guilt or even these dopey protesters who think they're out there, you know, saving the world. The people in Minneapolis that burnt down 100 black-owned businesses in the near north of Minneapolis, they did not help the black community. 
Because understand, when that poverty that ensues from businesses being torched to the ground and not having the appetite to come back, when that poverty endures over the course of time, you realize there's a direct correlation between high rates of violent crime and low rates of economic opportunity. If you can't make money legally, you're more likely to make it illegally. The higher rate of crime in Minneapolis is the end result of what? Them diminishing economic opportunity by burning down businesses and, oh, by the way, pushing to defund police. When the cops go away, minority communities suffer for the most. But here is a member of the minority community who is pushing back over the weekend because she's got protesters outside her house. Okay, her apartment, which was shot up by this gunman. He fired shots into her apartment. He ultimately got into a standoff with the cops and died. Okay, this woman, the woman whose apartment the bullets flew into, they don't care about her. Because she doesn't help the narrative of the cause, but that doesn't mean she's going to lay there and take it so the next guy can shoot up her apartment, too. Here is the woman, clip 16. This is not okay! Get to my idols because you guys are celebrating his life! It was a terror. I'm sure it was a terror. This is not okay! okay. You're alive! Shut up! But did you hear that? I'm two key moments. Okay, the first guy, who is, of course, you know, white guilt, liberal, black lives matter. The white guy says, you're alive. Shut up. That's what he said to her. You're alive. Shut up. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Yo, are you kidding me? This this woman just had bullets shot into her apartment. And the liberal reaction here is, hey, shut up, lady. You're alive. It's not like anybody got hurt. Time was you could randomly shoot into an apartment. People didn't get out here like this and complain about it. Come on, lady. Like people don't hear themselves because this is emotion. It's a branding exercise. They want to feel better. They want to feel self-righteous. They want to feel morally superior. They know better. The other woman you hear yelling in the background as she's saying this is okay. The other woman seen on camera goes, this is exactly what they want. See, this is exactly what they want. They want you out here yelling at us. Yeah, exactly. Of course they do. Bravo to this mom for yelling at them because they're out of their minds. This woman just had her apartment shot up. The guy who shot up her apartment was ultimately killed by police. This woman is not the bad guy. Police, not the bad guy. You know who the bad guy is? The guy that's shooting bullets into a random apartment. I'm not happy he's dead. That does not make me happy. But he played a role in determining this outcome. And for my money, anytime someone is randomly shooting into an apartment with no regard for the effect it might have on young lives like her daughters, that person leaving the planet, in my money, in my worldview, it's addition by subtraction. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back.
Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be on the telly later with Brian Brenberg on Fox Business tonight at 5.50 Eastern Time. Tomorrow I'm back with the Queen of Daytime, Harris Faulkner. And you'll see me on America Reports with Sandra Smith. I'm going to be on Gutfeld Friday. We've got a lot going on. It's a lot of craziness happening right now. But nothing crazier than a protest out in Minneapolis after the cops shot an armed black man who was in a six-hour standoff and, oh, by the way, had fired bullets into the apartment of a mother of two young children. I played the clip before break. I want to play it again. We need full context here. Listen closely this time around for the things being said. She's the one screaming it's not okay. This is not a George Floyd situation. He wasn't armed. Go home. They're yelling at her for being upset that someone shot up her apartment. Clip 16. This is not okay. Give him an idols because you guys are celebrating his life. It was a terror. I'm sure it was a terror. It's not okay. You're alive. Shut up. You're alive. Just let it go. Grief in this is not okay. This is not a George Floyd situation. George Floyd was un- unarmed. He was unarmed. You're alive. Sorry. This is not okay. <laughs> My kids have to deal with this and probably have a mental illness now because they almost lost their life. There's bullet holes in my kitchen How do because you he's know? sick. I mean, I'm surrounded by idiots. She yells, there are holes, bullet holes in my apartment wall. Not in you, though. Oh, that's well, that's a consolation. How about the other guy? You're alive. Shut up. So is that are we to take that as I'm we're welcome to come by that guy's house and just randomly shoot into the walls and see how it goes any old time? Yo, this is insanity. The reason my show sounds like I get paid in Tide Pods and cheap tequila is partly because I need a better agent, but mostly because, in truth, I really am trying to get us away from exactly what you just heard, which is people being so invested in their political movement that they're not capable of sanity. Dude, the woman is right. It is not okay. It is not okay. You have the right to get out there and protest anything you want, but it is not okay that they're glorifying a guy who just randomly shot up an apartment with two children inside as a good guy. I promise you it's not okay. And you might think it's okay, and if you're going to go out there and advocate this sort of thing, it's only a matter of time before yours is the apartment that people are shooting into because you're living in a lawless society. That's the issue. It's not that the cops are bad or racist. It's that the people on the left— They're crazy. It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you better believe it is. We are fired up to talk to this next guest. I might not. I'm not exaggerating. When I call him the Bo Jackson of sports reporters, he could do it all. College football, golf, NBA, Olympics. He he covered my son's Madden game last night. He is a 16-time Sports Emmy Award winner, seven-time Edward R. Murrow Award. He is, of course, superstar Tom Rinaldi. Hey, man. Uh, I, I'm not quite certain that I, I saw that, your, your son's Madden game. But I'm sure he prevailed and did beautifully. And we'll tell a story about how he got there later when we, did, when we continue well, this. Well, most importantly, <laughs> most importantly in my house, Tom, he covered the spread. 
There you go, Jimmy. You're a man after many, many hearts. <laughs> I get it. Oh, I get it. Well, listen, man, I, I appreciate you taking the time to join us. I know you have a new podcast out, and uh, we're fascinated by this, okay? Can you kind of take the audience inside uh, basically what we've done here with the life of Wesley, which is the name of the podcast, Wesley Bostock, who was, of course, the victim of a senseless murder, but there's so much more to him than this. There is, Jimmy. And again, thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. You know, in the long history of Major League Baseball in this country, more than 150 years, uh, there's only ever been one active player to be murdered during a season. Mm-hmm. And it is not ancient history. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's been a while. It's 1978. And Lyman Bostock, Wesley, his middle name, that's what he was called, Jimmy, by his family. That's why that's the name of the podcast series, the first ever by Fox Sports in this shape, this kind of narrative-driven podcast. Can you imagine if that happened today, what the coverage would be like today, what the sports response and media response would be today? And yet, remarkably, so many people don't know very much about Lyman Bostock. Even if they do know about how he died, they know very little about his life, which is remarkable. The the son of a Negro Leagues player, what he overcame as a long shot to get to the majors, his excellent quality as a player, and the absolute tragedy of being in the wrong place at the wrong time, let alone the compounding nature of it when the man who killed him was set free so quickly. Yeah, it's if you're just joining us, Tom Rinaldi is on the line. His new podcast, Wesley, it premieres everywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, as well as FoxSports.com and the Fox Sports app. We've got episodes available now. And I will tell you this. I know you grew up in Brooklyn. I grew up on Long Island. As New Yorkers, we're not genu- generally given to uh, stories about Boston athletes, but this is like really gripping stuff. And a point you made earlier about how there's a different, you know, evolution in media now in that if this were to happen in this day and age, heaven forbid, there'd be a lot more coverage. What do you attribute the lack of coverage to back then or even over the years? I think, Jimmy, a couple of things. It's a a good question. This is pre-ESPN. The year before ESPN launches, it's pre-24-7 news cycle, which obviously envelops us right now, and we've grown so used to. Uh, Just a week after Lyman was shot and killed. By the way, he was killed in Gary, Indiana. They received calls from Australia and Brazil and Japan. It was a worldwide story, but a week later, the Pope died, largely erasing the interest in what had happened. Uh, So I think that's one of the reasons why. Mm -hmm. Another remarkable point about it is when we talk about how different things are now, Lyman was shot late uh, at an intersection in Gary, the murder capital of America at the time, on a Saturday night. He died early Sunday. He played for the Angels, Jimmy, Mm -hmm. and they played that day, an afternoon day game against the White Sox to finish their series. The players in absolute shock, still trying to process the fact that one of their most beloved teammates, a leader, certainly their leading spirit, was suddenly gone. Yeah, that's that. It's crazy, and I, and I think the one thing people will benefit from listening to the podcast is 
that perspective, it, it's a lot to even fathom because in this day and age, again, that would not be the case. You know, we'd slam on the brakes and allow for a proper contextualization of the magnitude of the moment that was. And it's a really, you know, beyond a fascinating story and a fascinating guy, Lyman Bostock, is this fascinating then and now juxtaposition of sports then and sports now, which is what I want to bring it full circle with really quickly, because we talked about the evolution of sports media and things like ESPN and social media. How much different would certain careers be? Like, oh, I don't know, maybe my childhood hero, Mickey Mantle. Would there be a little bit different of a perception if social media existed in the Mickey Mantle age? How would TMZ Mickey Mantle have fared? I don't even think you have to go back that far. Mm-hmm. I think you know ESPN's about to launch the project on Derek Jeter, the captain, mm-hmm. and even he admits yeah. his career would have <laughs> largely been different, Jimmy, if social media had been as prominent a part of the landscape as it was when he bursts out as a 20-21-year-old, wins those World Series so early in his career. Mm-hmm. It has reshaped everything. I also think that there are times where it's given athletes a platform and people can judge how they use that platform in whatever way they want. One aspect of Lyman's life, Jimmy, just for an example, he signs a huge contract in, in what turned out to be his final year. He goes into a terrible slump with the Angels. He goes to ownership after the first month and says he doesn't want to be paid. Because he doesn't think he's earned it. I mean, can you think of a comparison to that? Can you? They do pay him, yeah. and he takes the entire salary and gives it to charity. Wow. More than $50,000 in 1978 for a player who previously had never made more than 20000 for an entire season. Wow. Just a little window into Lyman. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff, and people can get the full the full Lyman window. Uh, it's Apple, Spotify, FoxSports.com, the Fox Sports app. Uh, it's it's a fascinating story, and I think we all benefit from shining a little more light on it. So you're doing a good thing here, Tom Rinaldi. And uh, what did you think of podcasting? I know this is the first offering from FoxSports.com. Are you enjoying this? It's been fascinating. We had the chance to tell the story uh, 14 years ago at ESPN as a television feature, mm-hmm. Jimmy. But there was so much more to Lyman's life yep. that you couldn't get into the confines of a TV piece. Yep. And we just were amazed that there was so much material there, both in terms of his life, his career, the criminal case, the, the changing of law as a result of what happened to his killer – all of that gets covered, and that's why it's taken the shape here in this narrative across eight episodes. Yeah, people are pumped up. Uh, we're going to check it out. Uh, we'll definitely discuss it again down the road when you have time. I know you got a lot of work to do today. Uh, you have added another ring to the Tom Rinaldi list of accolades, uh, now a podcast legend to go with everything else you've covered. I know you said you didn't do Madden. Would you be open to covering a Madden game if my son Lincoln comes calling? There's no question. You have my number. We'll get the crew over right away. We'll get him mic'd up. We'll do the up close and personal feature on him. He'll probably he'll probably talk about the difficulty, the adversity of being raised by you. He'll probably talk about how ultimately that shaped him into the tough competitor that he is, Jimmy. We'll get that all out there. Listen, man, if you thought like covering a Philadelphia Eagles crowd was rough, the middle school boys crowd just as bad. So get your game face on, okay? <laughs> Got it, got it. Thanks, my man. The great Tom Rinaldi, there he goes. The podcast is called Wesley. It premieres today 
uh, Apple, Spotify, FoxSports.com, the Fox Sports app. I wanted to talk pure sports with a sport guy for a minute because we've got so much insanity. And, you know, he's here to promote a good podcast. I really didn't want to rope him into any of this Leah Thomas chicanery. But the reason I bring the Leah Thomas chicanery up uh, is I come from a family with a very serious female athlete, Jenny Fela, uh, grew up playing in the WBL, the Western Buckeye League. She went to St. Mary's High School. She was a rough rider. You know, probably their nearest uh, rival was Wapakoneta down the road. I mean, she technically resided in Wapakoneta but went to St. Mary's High School. And one of my favorite things about that part of the country is how much they prioritize and champion women's sports. Jenny, in fact, just got a highlight reel back because they had an anniversary of the team going to the state championships. And she just got a highlight reel back while she was out in Ohio that she made me and Lincoln sit through on Saturday. And, you know, we sat there, you know, acting excited about it. But no, I'm kidding. It was great. And it was the thing that I loved about Jenny playing in the WBL was the passion. If you go to a WPL girl, WBL girls basketball game, it's literally like every seat in the stands is packed they're screaming lunacy. Like you might as well be at a Chicago Bulls game in the late 90s. There's real passion out there. And I want to be honest. I'd never seen that for women's sports where I grew up on the East Coast. If you went to a girls game at Division Avenue where I went, there was a crowd. We were there hanging out. But the boys definitely drew a bigger crowd. The one thing I can tell you about the Midwest of this country where they really are sports passionate is they're also very much champions of women athletics. They like Title IX. They like the idea of being girl dads and shooting hoops with a daughter and teaching a girl to play ball and having that feisty, tough, competitive streak in a daughter as well as a son. They love that. And it was one of my favorite things about Jenny, like when I met her, is that she was raised in that environment. So to me, when I I see this Leah Thomas thing, you know, people who are intellectually lazy and just want to get around having a substantive debate by calling you a transphobe or some Fox News right wing talking head. No, that's not the issue. The issue is you are erasing female athletes by making them compete at a disadvantage, at a biological disadvantage to a to a man, which is what Leah Thomas is. He is biologically a man. I don't begrudge him his right to go by whatever moniker he prefers, but when it starts to happen at the ex, you know at the expense of women, you know you can't sell this to me as inclusion. If it's excluding the facts, what we should ultimately do is we should have our own division. If you're a transgender athlete, compete against other transgender athletes. And I know you can tell me, well, there's not enough of them. Well, if that's the case in the short term, then I don't know, maybe make it a decathlon. Everybody gets to do multiple sports at once. You got a swimmer. You know, you got a, a weightlifter. You got a pole vaulter, whatever the heck you got. I'm not denying people the right to compete. But this idea that someone with an advantage, okay, is allowed to compete on an unlevel playing field is wrong. So when they went out at the University of Pennsylvania and nominated Leah Thomas as one of the NCAA's Women of the Year, okay, that's a huge insult to the Women of the Year. 
And it's a huge insult to all the girl dads, all of the good parents out there, like my father-in-law Dave, who raised Jenny to be quite a ball player. For the record, I actually beat Jenny in one-on-one basketball, and she's better than me. But I talk so much smack, I got her out of her game, and I beat her in a low-scoring, brutal match on their basketball court the first time we played out in Ohio. But I thought it was amazing that there was this much of pride, there was this much of an emotional investment, because we're supposed to be, oh, I don't know, like 50 years past the point of recognizing the value of women's athletics. You know, we know they're great. We know they're awesome and competitive and everything in between. What we don't know is that they're the same as a man. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. When I find myself in times of COVID, Dr. Fauci's on TV. Sparking mass confusion, CDC. And in two years of the lockdowns, he has screwed us over royally. All the rules keep changing, CDC. CDC, 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 and Fauci. No clue what they're doing. CDC And when the vaccinated people masking up in stores agree None of this is science CDC For though they may be boosted there is still a chance they'll infect me What's the point of mandates CDC CDC, 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 please get Dr. Fauci off TV, CDC, 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 and Fauci, fire all these morons, CDC. 
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Why am I bringing up Dr. Anthony Fauci? Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Sure, that's true, but we have just received word that Dr. Fauci says he will retire at the end of Joe Biden's term. Wow! Talk about going out on a high note. A win for the American people. And let me be very clear. Why is he retiring at the end of Joe Biden's term? Because if Republicans take back majorities in Congress, he's going to get impeached. He's going to get called onto the carpet. Make no mistake about it. You know, whether it was talking about funding gain of function research in a Wuhan lab or helping the World Health Organization do China's bidding in assuring the American people that the virus does not spread from person to person, which we all know not to be true. Or, oh, I don't know, maybe his flip-flop on vaccine mandates. Another question from another student. Would you support a nationwide mandate of the COVID vaccine once it comes out? No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. And let's not lack he was the act like he was the picture of consistency on masks, if you remember, in the run-up to the election. People should not be walking around with masks. Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. And masks are protective. And we but have- it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. There has and- not been any indication that putting a mask on and wearing a mask for a considerable period of time has any deleterious effects Think about that. He should be behind bars. I don't know about that, but at the very least, he should be on a golf course where he's done ruining our country. I mean, he managed the pandemic about as well as he threw out a first pitch at that Nationals game. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Worst first pitch ever. But Fauci riding off into the sunset. So am I. Show's over. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a... From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.